You know, I just ate one. I'm already thirsty. <laughs> I'm going to get some water. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. And let's pray before we get started. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everything you've given to us, Lord. And I just pray that you would uh, you'd help uh, something that I, I said tonight, Lord, to um, touch someone here. Lord, I pray you'd help us as we're here. I pray that you'd help us to have the heart uh, to be changed and to be convicted through your word. Pray all your name. Amen. You know, this week... Um, Today, I got to preach a funeral. It's not the most exciting thing. I've, I've never preached a funeral before, so that was hard. And as I was preparing for this, I was thinking to myself, I have nothing to say that would comfort this family. Like, I was like, what am, what am I going to say? It's all good. It's not all good. But I, I was encouraged by the fact that I didn't have to say anything because I had God's word. And everything that needed to be said, I could find in God's word. And that thought came to my mind this week, and then I was thinking the same thing when it came to Wednesday night. I said, well, what am I going to say? Well, I don't have to say. I, I, it, nothing has to be said for me. It has to be taught from God's word. And I, this week, I, I have a thankfulness for God's word and the authority it brings. Because I'm, I'm a young guy, okay, I don't, I don't have wisdom to be sh- shared, but I can share it through God's word. And I'm thankful for that. That has nothing to do with the sermon tonight, okay? But, hey, something I learned this week, okay? Matthew chapter 5, okay, verse 13. Here's what it said. This is a very common passage, so as we read this, you all are going to be, okay, I, I get it. And you're going to understand the salt a little bit, okay? But it says, ye are the salt of the earth. But if salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is, then, it is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put... Um, I'm sorry, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So in this passage tonight, I mean, I know most of us know this passage, but there's two analogies of what, the, what Christians are. Okay, what, what's the first one? Anybody know? Salt, okay? Salt. The second one was what? Light. Now, I, I, I personally think light is easier to understand than salt is. So light, I mean, it, it is pretty understandable, okay? The Bible says that Christ is the light, okay? And, and, and now it says that we are the light as well. As Christians, we reflect his light, Anybody know that the moon doesn't have any light to itself? Okay. But it reflects the source of light. Okay, because the sun reflects on it. And we as Christians are supposed to be a reflection of what Christ is. And I think that one's easier to understand. 
Salt, though, I think there's a little bit more to it. Go, uh, in college, one of my professors loved talking about salt. Uh, he loved it. I, we had a whole class, period, and all we talked about was salt. And I was like, what are we doing? But it, w- it was very helpful to me. Okay, and so, so a lot of this stuff we're talking about tonight is things that I learned from this professor about salt. Um, so salt has many functions. Many, many functions. Okay, but the first thing salt does, who cooks in here? Everybody, anybody cooks? Brother Randy, if you make a brisket and you don't put any salt on it, I mean, garlic salt would be salt, right? Uh, any, any sort of salt. The brisket, would you enjoy that brisket? No. Probably not. No, cooks, they know that you have to have salt. When I, when I married my wife, I told my wife, salt and pepper go on everything. And she was like, cereal? I was like, okay, not everything. <laughs> okay. Whatever. But salt, okay, you use salt to season things to make things taste what? Good or better. Uh, Growing up, I grew up in Asia, okay, so I got to eat some weird things. One day we went out to the province, and when we got there, there was this little dog. I would say the dog was probably about a year old. He wasn't quite an adult. He wasn't a puppy. And I was like, oh, cute dog, I pet it. And then later on, I saw these kids chasing the dog. It's like, I was thinking, oh, come on, leave the dog alone. Well, they caught the dog, and they took it to the chop house, and that's what we ate for dinner. Now, I was not, yeah, but they do that there. I'm sorry. I mean, I know I'm a terrible human being. I know. Okay? I know I am. But that's what they do there. So we sat down to this meal. There's rice. We always have rice with everything. And, and there was a dog. And they cooked it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. I know, see? At least somebody understands me, okay? But when you want something to taste better, what do you look for? You look for salt. Okay? So I grabbed the salt. If anything else, this thing was going to be salty, so it covered any other taste. So I put a bunch of salt on it, a little more salt, a little more salt, and I ate it. It was pretty good. I'm going to be honest. It was pretty good. But, but when I saw that, the first thing I was like, okay, I need salt. Okay, salt thing makes things taste better. And now, in, in, in this scripture, how are those going, by the way? They good? Salty? Good. In this scripture, it talks about how we as Christians are the salt of this earth. So and it's, an, it's an analogy. So we as Christians are supposed to make something taste better. Make something taste good. And that is the Christian life. That is God. That is a relationship with him. There should be those who look at us and say, man, I want a taste of that. Because salt makes things taste better. And Luke is learning this fast right now, okay? But second, salt creates thirst. You thirsty? Good, I'm glad. If you weren't, it ruined the point, okay? So salt creates 
thirst. So now once again, this is an analogy. So as Christians, we should make, should create a thirst for God, for his word, for relationship with him. Um, about three years ago, uh, three and a half years ago, my grandma, um, she got diagnosed with a brain tumor. And it was so far along by the time we found out that there was nothing they could do. Um, and, I, and the doctor said, hey, we could do this surgery and this and this, and we can extend her life for another year. Or we can just, you know, but she'd be in a lot of pain. Or we can just, you know, let her go and let her live as long as she did. So my grandma and my grandpa got together and they made the decision that they were just, they're going to let her go. So she lived for three months after that. And, and while she was in the hospital, she was in the hospital for about a month. While she was in the hospital, um, all the whole family would come see her, you know, enjoy some time with grandma. And my grandpa would say, let's sing. In my mind, I'm like, sing? Why would we sing? This is not a happy thing. Um, and he said, let's sing. So he got my grandma's favorite songs, and he said, okay, let's start with this one. And we sang, and all these songs were about glorifying God, praising God, being happy. And I remember I was like, I don't feel happy. Why am I doing this? But I remember um, one night I stayed back with my grandpa, just me and him, and uh, one of the doctors came by. He said, hey, I noticed, he asked my grandpa, I noticed you guys were singing earlier. I said, what, what are you guys doing? And my grandpa said, we're, we're, we're praising God. We're rejoicing. And the doctor could not understand that concept. But he saw that there was something different about my, our, our family. And, and, and my grandpa led him to the Lord that night. Because he saw it and he created a, it created a thirst for what do they have? I want it too. And as Christians, we are supposed to make God taste good. We're supposed to make others thirst for him. Okay. And I know in our world today, there's a lot of bad. And we a lot of times talk about it. And we say, well, why aren't our young people serving God like they're supposed to? Well, why aren't they coming to church like they're supposed to? Well, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? Well, maybe because they don't have a thirst for God's word. They don't have a thirst for a relationship with God. And I, I, I in no way want in here tonight to be casting blame, but I think that's on us. Why would young people want to live? I, I, I'm just going to ask this question. You might take it the wrong way, but why would young people want to live the way you do? Are you happy? Are you miserable? Are you always upset about something? Or are you always, oh, God's good. Everything's great. 
and, 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 and our world as sinners looking from the inside out, why would they desire to have what we have? It's a question we should ask ourselves. Um, point three, okay? So we said salt makes things taste good. Salt makes, creates thirst. Okay, salt also irritates or stings. Have you ever gone in the ocean and you have a big old cut on your hand? It's a blast. <laughs> Try it sometime if you haven't, okay? It irritates it. Now, it, it does clean it. It does help it, but it's, it, it doesn't feel good. You know, as Christians, I'm not saying you're supposed to irritate people, okay? But you should cause a sting in other people's lives that are living in sin. I say, what does that mean? For example, if you're at work, I, growing up, I had a lot of different jobs. One of my jobs is I worked at a zoo, okay? And the zoo, the people who worked there were not the most Christian people, we'll put it that way, okay? There's a lot of language and, and jokes and all this stuff that was done. I, I was like a 17-year-old boy. I, I honestly hadn't heard most of that before, so I, I had no idea what was going on most of the time. But I remember one time some guy made a joke, and they all laughed, and I was like, mm. and I just stood there. And one of the guys were like, it's not funny to you? And I was like, not, not really, no. And he said, what? Why not? And I said, I, I just don't think it's right. And it made them feel uncomfortable. And from then on out, I was glad that happened. I, I didn't want to, I, I was, when they asked me, I, was, I wanted to, oh, uh, yeah. But I was glad that happened because after that, I didn't hear anything else. Not around me comfortable to do that. You know, your life should cause others to say, man, what I'm doing is wrong. You know, my sin is wrong. I, I need to get that right. The, what, the, this sin in my life, you, it should cause an uncomfortableness. I feel like as Christians nowadays, we don't like to step on toes. So we say, mm. we, we kind of, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I, I know, I know you're not going to church. That's okay. I understand. I know, I know you're living with someone that you're not married to. That's okay. I understand. Honestly, as Christians, we are supposed to stand up for what God's word says. And we are supposed to create a sting or an irritation that it causes people to get uncomfortable. I don't want you comfortable in sin. If I made you uncomfortable in sin, I'm being salt. And as Christians, we don't want to do that anymore, but it's important. Next, uh, salt does a lot of things. I learned that, okay? Salt, okay? I mean, we have refrigerators. But salt, they used to use it as a preservative, right? So, you know, you have your meat, and you put a lot of salt on it. I don't know how it works. I wasn't there back then, okay? But somehow it worked. They put salt on it, and it worked. 
I would think it would make the salt meat taste salty after a while, right? I don't know. But they use it as a preservative. Did you know that as Christians, part of our job is to preserve the word of God? It's to preserve truth. To preserve the Christian life. To preserve a relationship with God. In 2 Timothy 2.2 it says this, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. As a Christian, it is your job to teach others also. Your kids. Honestly, our teenagers. I know, I, know, I know I'm the youth pastor here, okay? But it is also your job to teach our teenagers to live right. They should be able to hear from, from one of you and say, hey, probably shouldn't do that. Okay, and how they respond, that's up to them. But you should be willing to teach. You want to preserve truth. We want to continue and teach God word, God's word, and as Christians, it is our job to preserve his word, and it is getting harder and harder, and it will only get harder, but that doesn't mean we're no longer supposed to, okay? So we're supposed to preserve his word by telling others, teaching our children, teaching those in church, and we're also, we also preserve his word by hiding God's word in our heart. I have a question for you. If today... Someone came in and took all the Bibles in here and burned them. How much would you be able to teach others about God's word? Personally, not enough. And, and it's, it's, it's commanded for us to preserve his word by hiding it in our hearts. Now, who, who went to chemistry class? I mean, who, who, knows, who knows what the periodic table is? Okay. Periodic table. Uh, salt, okay, is two things on the periodic table. Does anybody know what they are? Sodium chloride. Okay, bonus points here, okay. Does anybody know what the abbreviation on the... Do you know it, Ms. Karen? What is that? I think, that, you know, I have to look. I know, I, I should know this, but... NEA, NA is sodium, CL. So it's NACL. Anyways, not important, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Okay, so salt is sodium chloride. You know, no matter what you do to salt, okay, if you break salt down, it's still salt, sodium chloride. If you add salt to water, it's still sodium chloride in water. Okay, if whatever you do to salt, it is still salt. It is still, well, it's still sodium chloride. Why is that encouraging? Anybody know? What? Because we can't lose our salvation. Listen, no matter what happens or what's done to us or anything, no matter what, you are still salt. If you are saved... Okay, and, and you have Christ in your heart, you are salt. 
And you can't lose your salvation. And there is a lot of verses that say that. But John 10, 28. Okay, and I give unto you them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Once you become salt, you're always salt. But uh, in this verse, there's an interesting um, verse uh, 13, okay? Let's read this one more time. It says, if ye are, ye are the salt of the earth, but if salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? If salt hath lost its savor, what does it mean if salt loses its savor? Does anybody know? Is it still sodium chloride? It is. But what does it mean if salt loses its savor? Jaden, do you know? No. It's not effective. It doesn't taste salty anymore. Right? The whole point of salt is to be salty. And if it, if it has lost its savor, it no longer is salty. Now, does anybody know how salt loses its saltiness or its savor? I didn't know until uh, I, I was sitting in this class, and when he said this, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Salt loses its savor when it becomes contaminated. Have you, ever, have you ever gone to uh, a salt shaker and you, like, shake it and, like, it doesn't come out? It's, like, all, like, a bunch of, I don't, I don't even know. Like, it's not hard, but it's not soft. You know, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's lost. It's become contaminated. Now, salt only loses its savor if it becomes contaminated. And you, as a Christian, only lose your savor, the effects of salt. Now, I'm talking an analogy here, okay? If you become contaminated. And that contamination is sin. Now, Christ wants us to be the salt of the earth. He wants us to do all those things we just talked about. He wants us to create a thirst for him. He wants to us to create a good taste in people's mouth about Christianity. He wants us to be a cause that causes people to feel uncomfortable about their sin. He wants us to preserve his word. Um, but, if we, but if we become contaminated with sin, we have lost our effect. I'm going I'm to use you as an example, Brother Randy. This might be disrespectful, okay, but this is just an example. Okay. <laughs> but it's his birthday, so. Um, if I said to Brother Randy, you are good for nothing, it's pretty disrespectful, so I apologize. But Amen. if you are, you are good, you are good for nothing. That's pretty harsh, is it not? You want to just randomly go up to someone and be like, Mason, you are good for nothing. I mean, that would probably hurt his feelings. Okay? But God's word here says that about Christians. Okay? Verse, verse 13, it says this. It says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore 
good for nothing. But to what? But to cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. You know, I, I looked into that. I was like, so why did it have to be, what did it mean by cast out and trodden under the wood of men, uh, feet of men? Because they wouldn't even put this sodium chloride, they wouldn't throw it on dirt in the fields or anything like that. Because if they did that, it would ruin their crops. It was literally good for nothing. The only, the only use they could do is they could put it on the roads and people could step on it and destroy it. And God says, listen, if salt, if you as salt have lost its savor, you are good for nothing. Now, once again, it's not my words. It's God's. And if we as Christians allow ourselves to be contaminated by sin, we no longer have any use. Our salt is no longer good. We can't lead people to want God if we have been contaminated. As a Sunday school teacher, you can't teach kids to have a relationship with God or to want to have a relationship with God or what you should do if you are contaminated with sin. And I don't think we take that seriously enough. We allow this world and all its junk to come into our lives and honestly, at some points, I don't think we even recognize that it's wrong anymore. And if you have contaminants in your life, then you have lost your ability to be salty. You have lost your ability to preserve God's word, to teach God's word. To cause others to look at your life and say, man, I want that. And as Christians, that's our job. It's our job to create a want and desire for I want that. And honestly, in our world today, we spend so much time complaining about, man, our world is so awful. You're right. It is. God said it was going to be. But what are you doing about it? Because if your salt has lost its savor, you're not doing any good. And I, I apologize if this is really out there, or not out there, but really in your face. But this is God's word. It's not Blake. It's God's word. And man, I wish that as Christians all around this world, we would understand that, man, if we got the contaminants out of our lives, we could do something great for God. Because then we can serve our purpose. Nobody wants salt that isn't salty. If I gave you contaminated salt to put on my brisket, you still put sodium chloride on there. Wouldn't it be any good. It's our jobs as Christians, okay? I forgot about Luke over here. I'm sorry, buddy. Are you thirsty? Yeah. 
you know, are they good, though? Like, how thirsty are you on a level of 1 to 10? Like, could you go run a marathon right now? Probably not. No? Okay. You know, it's about two-thirds gone. So that's, that's salty. So hopefully his parents aren't watching live stream. <laughs> but him eating that, the longer he eats it and the more he eats it, what happens? The what? The more thirsty he gets. Do you want this? Too bad. Just wait a little bit. Okay. And I hope that the more people look at us as Christians, the longer someone's your neighbor, they look at you and say, man, they're different. And at first, you know, there might be a little bit of thirst of like, yeah, I'm curious what that is like. But I hope the longer someone sees you and watches you, let's just say your neighbors, they say, man, I want that. But if, but if we allow ourselves to be contaminated, that will stop. We have to keep ourselves clean. Because the longer they watch you and the more they see, hey, man, he is going through a hard time, but he still has a smile on his face. He still looks happy. I want that. The more salt, the more, the more Luke eats this thing, the more he wants a bottle of water. And I hope us as Christians are the same way. There you go, buddy. You can stop eating it. Okay. Let's take a sip. Is that the best sip of water you've ever had? Oh, no. Okay. Way to ruin my illustration. That's good. But it's good, isn't it? It helps. And I hope people, as they watch us as Christians... We haven't, been, we haven't been contaminated because we create a thirst, a want, a taste for what it's like to have a relationship with God. And it's our job. It's our job as salt to make the Bible attractive to a world that doesn't want any part of it. It's our job to create an appetite for God and a relationship with him, our, our world no longer has an appetite for it. As teenagers, it is your job to go to school and be a good godly teenager so that when other people look at you, they say, man, I want that. Now, that won't happen right away. And as adults, we should live in such a way where, you know what, our teens growing up in our church, especially, say, man, I don't want to leave this. I have a thirst for this. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I pray, Lord, that if we have, if we have a contaminant in our life tonight, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to get rid of it. Lord, if there is sin in our lives, Lord, I pray you'd help us to get it out, Lord, so that we can become...